Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome. It's Thursday. This is the weekly review with Vinny and Sharifa. Come in, join us. Go ahead and share this video because we're going to have a very interesting conversation. And I can tell you that right now. I am your co-host, Sharifa Hardy. And, and Vinny, my co-host, welcome. How's it going, guys? It is excellent. It is excellent. People are starting to join us in the live. If you have any questions, comments, feel free to add them in the comment section and to join the conversation. So this is Weekly Review with Vinny and Sharifa. We haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. So what do you have going on, Vinny? Just let me laugh. I'm curious. So what? So you said we're going to have an interesting one. Does that mean you got some yeah. arguing questions that you're going to be throwing out? Yes. We get I, I just know if I am. Are you waiting for me to get warmed up a little bit? No, I'm not waiting for anything. I just know that I am because I haven't talked to you since probably two weeks. We missed last week. You know, we had to make some changes, do some things, and come back ready and, and better than ever this week. So I knew it was going to be some things that we needed to discuss during this conversation. Yeah, no, I've um, had a couple of podcasts, been dealing with some, some real estate transaction seeing the progress of some of our team members and the real estate aspect of it. One thing, um, actually one, one of the team members reached out to me today and she was like, uh, just FYI, we might get a, a crazy lady coming to the office. Mm-hmm. She was doing some cold calling and uh, when you do cold calling, people get a little angry sometimes. <laughs> so that was, that was actually, it was funny because I, I think most people's response would be like, be safe, be careful. And I was like, Good for you. You're, you're you're making the calls. You're reaching out. You're you're taking out effort for your client. So. Yes. Hey, Val, Mustafa, James. Thank you for joining us. Val is running in and running out to run her errands. I know she's heading somewhere to pick up lunch for everyone. Oh, at least for late lunch, though. Dinner. She's uh carb loading. Mm, yes. Yes. So I want to. So go back to what you were talking about, your real estate transactions. So when we first met, one of the things that I was interested in when you were a guest on Ask Sharifa Videocast is that you are known for being one of the best realtors in San Diego. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. You, you did a survey? I did a survey. Of, um, actually, you know, the best line is, I, I saw this on someone's advertising once, where it was mm-hmm. like, um, best realtor in X community, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then there was a hashtag on there or not, an asterisk saying mm-hmm. voted by his mother. <laughs> and I was like, that's actually a really good one. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So who voted you the best realtor in San Diego? Uh, probably my mother. Probably. Okay. We don't have to talk to her. We want to talk to, to your mom, have her guest on the show and find out why she feels that you might just be, the best realtor in San Diego. Well, you want I, 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 I probably paid her too. A little, a little bribery never hurt anybody. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So you just had these transactions come through. Business is booming. Things are, are um, involving. Things are getting better. Not that they were bad. So now with your new millions that you just received, what are some of the things that you're going to do? Are you going to expand your podcast? You're going to um, do more advertising, marketing for your business? What are some of the changes that we can expect from the new business? No changes. I think that's probably the the difficult part in in real estate is, Mm -hmm. uh, especially for for new agents, is 
when you're when you're doing well, you start seeing this abundance of of money, and you sometimes you'll overspend it, um, especially for individual agents or, or newer agents. You know, you might get a deal there and then a deal there, but you have to kind of plan for the future. And if the market's kind of changing, you got to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. So. So, what kind of changes are you going to make since you're an experienced, wise agent? Um, it, I mean, the different. It's it's a knowledge base, I think, uh, of understanding where sellers are and where buyers can be price-wise for both of them. Um, also being aware of uh, default properties, stuff like that, short sales. And that's kind of an already a, a knowledge base that um, myself and my, our, our team has, or we have that kind of knowledge base. But we'll probably be seeing more bank home properties, REOs. Talking about REOs, did you see... Um, I saw your post. Oreos. Oreos. But thank you for reminding me. That that was one of the things I wanted to ask you today because I'm not a real estate person. I I it went over my head. I read it and I, I understood. But can you explain it to our listeners who may not understand the term? Well, so REOs are just bank owned properties. So in California, um, well, and I know the other states have it different, but differently. But in California, um, what happens is there's a foreclosure process. Mm-hmm. Right. So when someone's behind their payments, it could take, you know, a couple months, it could take a couple years. But once the individual or entity is trying to foreclose on you, they have to go through all the procedures. So mm-hmm. they have three months and uh, 90 days, in essence, to from pre foreclosure to actual notice of default. I mean, notice of a uh, uh, notice of sale. Mm-hmm. And so in that 90 days, that window, uh, at the at the 90 day threshold, then they can file a, in 30 days a notice of sale, and they actually do auctions so on and so forth. And if it doesn't sell at the auction steps, the, the bank can take the property back, and then it becomes a, a an REO property, a bank owned property, right? And mm-hmm. the banks, uh, we usually, I mean, sell these properties later on, so so forth. So uh, there's they, they these were big big avenues uh, previously. Um, REOs there's not as much as there used to be, but they're still coming about. And going to the future, you will probably see more of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so the term Oreo. Yeah. Explain the post and explain what happened. Oh yeah. So they were. Um, I don't even know what the what it was. It was for the the. Um, he was what is the, the secretary of uh, was it housing or something housing mm-hmm. development or something, mm-hmm. and there was I guess a miscommunication where they were asking him uh, about REOs. Mm-hmm. And I guess he relayed that I'm a big fan of Oreos. Mm-hmm. I read into it, like, kind of, and because and I was thinking, well, Oreos and Oreos have a similar similar idea, but then you're kind of reading the, the actual breakdown of what she said. Mm-hmm. And she started talking about the actual um, Oreos and gave him a chance to actually come back on it. Mm-hmm. It was was focused on the Oreo aspect of it. <laughs> was it like the the, field, the cream filled middle or what? What exactly was he discussing in this meeting? But you know I, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, well, I just think it, I mean, it possibly was. You I mean off the back of miscommunication? Maybe he just got overly excited mm-hmm. about Oreos. You know, I, the first thing that popped in my head when he got when I read that about the miscommunication of Oreos and Oreos, I was like, hmm, maybe I should go get some Oreos tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe that was him. He he heard the word or thought he heard that word Oreos, and he's just so swayed by that idea that he's like, I need some some Oreos in my life. 
You know, but one of the things that I'm always interested in is I wonder what that did to Oreo sales. You know, because you all of a sudden wanted some Oreos, you might have went out and purchased some Oreos. So maybe there were other people who went out and purchased Oreos and maybe he was making an Oreo joke. Like that's one of the things about being in the public eye. Sometimes you can make a statement or even something you consider a joke and all of a sudden it's on the face of every blog, every news site, everyone. It's like, oh my God, he said Oreos when that's not what we were discussing. Yeah, I was trying trying to see if Oreos got a, a spike in sales because of that but yeah i mean like that i think that's a difficult part where we we have such a snapshot snapshot judgment mm-hmm. so before i can make a a false judgment about it, i kind of wanted to read exactly what was said mm-hmm. just to get a better understanding of it but yeah you gotta be careful with your words yes yeah even even in context like stuff can be taken out of context all, talk mm-hmm. context all the time mm-hmm no, I agree, because I think we did, when we did the last show, I think we were joking, we were have a lot of fun, and I think people were like, oh my God, what are they talking about? We were talking about harems and sugar daddies, and everybody's like, I thought this was a business show, but you have to take the context and the, the level of familiarity that's there. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, uh, I mean, and I guess there's a, a, a correlation with that. I know we, we make kind of jokes about a lot of that kind of stuff, The mm-hmm. uh, I, and I don't know if you see it that you see that much talking to a lot of business owners. I see in the real estate side mm-hmm. where you see people that are maybe a little are affluent and may have money in their pocket. And there's a sometimes where family members or other people can look to take advantage of uh, funds that maybe aren't theirs. Mm-hmm. So I think you know I think that was maybe a correlation to the whole um, sugar daddy thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know all the rich people are like, beware, stay away from all the people who are looking for sugar daddies. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, oh my gosh, that'd be, that'd be the scariest thing. Like it almost seems like in trying to find a, a relationship or something like that, you must want to be in a bad part of your life. So you mm-hmm. can actually, people, you meet the person in one of your lowest points. So you can know that what they're actually in the relationship for mm-hmm. my assumption. So I think it'd probably be tough trying to find true love as like a really affluent, a really well-to-do individual. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Have you ever talked about that with your, your people you interview? No, I've never had that discussion, but I know we have quite a few people tuning in right now, and I would love to hear your thoughts in the comment section on that discussion. But I don't think you necessarily have to be in the lowest point of your life. I think when you meet someone, like looking at yourself, is you know, just by looking at you, I wouldn't be able to tell your income bracket in any form or fashion, whether you had, you know, $5 in the bank or $5 million in the bank. It's very difficult to, say, to see just by looking at you. But I believe that people get a, cl- a clearer picture or at least have an idea once they start to notice certain things like, oh, okay, I see what he drives. He, he drives the Bugatti. So that's going to tell me a little bit about his lifestyle. He's in real estate. He owns, you know, several properties. So they try to guess. But I think if we meet someone initially and we just kind of meet them without all of the, you know, we don't take them to the mansion. So, so they don't have an idea of really how much we're worth. Well, and there's there's people like I hear I hear stories from from women that like where men and I'm assuming it happens the opposite direction too where you get I mean false truths like where it's like this is my life this is who I am in reality is it's not like so that'd be a definitely that definitely be scary because I've, I've you know, yeah you hear these crazy there was this one that she was 
she was seeing this guy and she said she saw him for a couple months. I forgot the, the full extent of it. And he told her that he was a coach for an NFL team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like he had one of his friends, I think, reaffirm the, the statement that he was. Mm-hmm. And, but he was like a, a, a smaller coach. So she tried to Google it and she couldn't find him on there. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a transition. I just moved from here, blah, blah. And long story short, that he was actually like a, a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. And so he oh, was wow. living a, a false life. Like, it's like, I don't know, it's crazy, like, the extent people will go. Yes. Did you, okay, I thought you were going to talk about the young lady that has really been on all the news sites. Is this lady who scammed all the people in New York? Have you seen it? No, no, what happened? Uh, oh, yes. She, um, she was a fake heiress, and I'm, I'm looking it up right now. She is a fake heiress, and she, um, I'm trying to find her, find her name. Hey, Kat, Beth, Sherry, thank you for joining us. Her name is Anna Sorokin, and she posed as a socialite in New York's hottest clubs. She got money from investors. She, um, she Now she faces up to 15 years in prison on her most serious charges, um, but mainly the main one of the main things that she did was she stayed at this hotel and I was trying to find the name of this hotel and she ran up um, well she tried to steal more than a million dollars from City National Bank and then she also um, stayed at this hotel she stayed at in um, I don't know but it was some hotel where she she ran up like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of a bill staying at this hotel. And because she was, she told them and everybody had the impression because she had a lot of cash on them that she was an heiress. They just charged her as opposed to getting her, you know, they held her credit card up front, but they never charged her from the room. So she stayed there for a long time, like for over a month telling these people that she was an heiress and she wasn't, she was just some random person who wanted to be with the elite and hobnob, go to the best parties, you know, so she has all these pictures of her parties with celebrities, Macaulay Culkin, this one, that one, but it was just very interesting the way she did it, and Shonda Rhimes has actually acquired the rights to adapt a Netflix series about her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I heard it's only, sim- I mean, not, not to that extent at all, that's, mm-hmm. wow, she put some time into that. There's this yeah. guy, I, man, what was his name? It was, I saw it on Facebook, so I don't, you, you never know how much how real that is. But he was um, uh, he was tricking women into buying him houses. Mm-hmm. Like so, he was like getting them to put the um, uh, put like the money down, and they put it put it under his name or their name together as a group, mm-hmm. and then he's like living in these houses. Like oh my gosh, man, it's it's crazy to the extent people go. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I- I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt. And so to me, the benefit of the doubt was he was homeless. He had nowhere to go. So he had to figure out how to get into a, a house. But when you have multiple houses, when you have multiple homes, multiple women, and this is what you do, that just screams of you need jail time. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I told you that. I think it's, it's, it's out of control. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, on, a, on a side note, what, uh, any good uh, interviews lately? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my God, yes. I had some really great interviews. Um, 
Frances Pullen. I just did her interview today at three o'clock. And I love Frances. Frances and I have lunch. We're, I see her at all the events. But one of the things that I just love about Frances is Frances turned 70 years old today. I was like so excited. She's 70. She announced the launch of her book, Loving the Me in Me, on my show today. That was a part of her book release. That's a part of her birthday. She wanted to announce it on my show. So I felt so special about that. I had an opportunity to speak to her for an hour about her book, um, the things that she does, her workshop. So that made me feel very special. Um, I was excited to just give people her website information, francispullin.com. They can go to her website, take a look at her book. Again, it's Loving the Me in Me. So I enjoyed that today because it was a special occasion, and I really love special occasions. Um, I, was, I interviewed another lady who had a podcast, um, and, and that was nice. I, she had me as a guest on her podcast, so then I had her as a guest on my video cast. And so she, she's in Africa of all places. So it was interesting to get different perspectives. So one of the things that she, I'll sum up what she said, but one of the things that she spoke about was, you know, one of the things I always tell my son is that we have first world problems, you know? Yeah. So when you go over there and she's a, a Afri she's a African woman. And so even though she has been here for some time, she went back to her roots and she was just telling us like everything that we, you know, complain about, those people wish they had those things. So it was a very interesting yet humbling experience. So that was a wonderful interview. I did an interview with another lady. Um, I'm going to have to find her name. Let me just look real quick. I'm, her name, the lady in Africa was Timbi Becca. So Timbi Becca was in Africa. She was wonderful. But there was um, Neelam Tawar. Now, Neelam Tawar, to me, was an example of how sometimes life, life just works out. Um, I had scheduled her for a couple of months to be on the podcast. And this is one of the things that I enjoy because some people feel like, oh, let me just get my feet wet. Let me just start and then I'll see how it goes. So she initially wanted to do the podcast, but she said, no, let me do the video cast. So we did the video cast last week and she, she teaches people how to do speaking engagements and a lot of different things. But this she started speaking about how she had become a TED Talk speaker and how she had not only did it once, but she did it twice. And then all of a sudden, people just sh started sharing this video because people wanted to know, how? How did you do it? And so she answered the question. And then five minutes later, someone else said, okay, but how did you do it? I want to do it. So I think that's uh, the big thing that's out there. So again, it, her name is Neelam Tawar, Neelam Tawar, and I've shared that video interview several times because people keep asking me, who is that lady? Who is that lady who, who, who could tell you how to get on TED Talks? Well, do you have any spark notes on how she was able to do it? Yes, yes. And she, of course, does an actual workshop, which is a detailed workshop where she works with people on their image and their branding. And so the majority of what she said was the main thing is your image and your branding. She was living in New York City. She decided to move to India. I guess this was my week for people just leaving the country and going somewhere else. But she was in New York City and she says, you know what, I have to make a change she was working at a corporate job and she said, my spirit is dying, it's killing me. I have to go you know, to India and kind of find myself. And six months after she made this change, six months after she left everything behind, just packed up and left New York, 
she received an email to be a speaker and to do her own TED Talk. So what she talks to people about is, is getting out there, being out there, creating your following, creating your image, creating your brand, because just like every other organization, the people who invite you to, TED, to be a TED Talk speaker, they're looking, they're actively looking for, and you don't even have to go to the website and apply. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild how much like stuff is readily available if you just ask for it. I was talking to someone today, just he's looking for a new, a new path, a new career path. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, reality is in real estate and podcasts and any kind of form. <clears throat> usually people are, are more inclined to, to help you out if, than less inclined mm-hmm. uh, with, with real estate. You mean, you have to ask for the business. There's, there's always a, a joke about uh, being a, a, a silent realtor mm-hmm. where no one knows that you're a realtor. And like most people are just, if you ask it, even if you just went to a thousand people or a hundred people or 200 people and just said, are you looking for real estate help? Mm-hmm. It's that simple. You know, there's going to be, you know, a lot of no's, 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 but from the one yes, because you asked. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I agree. I always say the same thing. One yes is worth a million no's. Just that one yes, you know, because I, I do a lot of emailing. That's one of the ways I get a lot of people as guests on my show is just send them an email, ask them, say, hey, Benny, I saw what you're doing. I think you're great as a realtor. Would you like to be a guest on my show? And the people come on. So if you keep promoting your brand, promoting what you do, then people will definitely, definitely want to hear more and follow what you're doing. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like I've, I've definitely realized that, um, you know, especially with podcasts, but, but in, in anything, if, if most of the time, if you give value or uh, if you're actually looking to help out and at least the real estate side, positive things will happen. And, and, and the podcast thing, people want to tell their story. It's just a matter of getting in front of them. Mm-hmm. So there was actually um, my last interview I just did yesterday. I was so every time you get in these podcasts, you pick up nuggets. Some nuggets are bigger than others, but you pick up nuggets and you get to hear these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I thought was very interesting. I always do before I lift, doing static um, stretching, mm-hmm. right? So just like kind of like stretching the arms or whatever I do based off of the area I'm doing. And mm-hmm. so I was talking to this um, um, physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 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 uh, works with a lot of high-end uh, MMA fighters and like athletes, and he says that's actually the wrong way of doing it. That's an old old mindset. You want to do active stretching, so mm-hmm. if like you're running in place, getting your body warm, so on and so forth. By the static stretching, you're actually stretching your muscles and you're giving yourself the uh, higher probability of injuring yourself. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I would never have guessed. And I'm you know I try to keep very active, and I even trainers that I know now, they still do the static stretching. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was, came from abundance. I was able to uh, talk to him. I talked to um, some other people, marketing people, talked mm-hmm. to, to another guy that he runs, uh, he ran on the side while he was working his, his uh, nine to five job, a blog that helps mm-hmm. people get out of debt. Mm-hmm. So before we even got on the mic, it was kind of funny because he's telling me, he goes, uh, oh, yeah, so real estate. I, one of my most popular blogs was talking about uh, the negativity of realtors and why you don't need a realtor. Mm-hmm. This was before we were actually interviewing. And I was like, I go, that's fair. You know what I mean? There's a, definitely a difference from one realtor to the next. So if, you, if you're not getting the value you're thinking, then I could see where you're coming from on that. Mm-hmm. We felt like it more and more. And I think he was a little bit 
uh, shocked about my reaction of it. Mm-hmm. So I think he was expecting me to be like, he's always got a lot of feedback from realtors saying, that's a horrible thing. You need to take it now. So, on, so on. I was like, no, I mean, I can understand where you're coming from. And, and there's probably a lot of people that assume that, especially if they had a bad experience. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of an interesting thing. He started talking more about how he turned his, his career into actually, uh, I mean, his, his job into a career, into a business. So that's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah. To turn his blog into a career, into a business? Yeah, yeah. So he, he, he started just kind of writing there, and then he started adding more content and building it up and, and growing, growing his platform. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what the particular blog post said or, or his reasons why, not, why you don't need a realtor, but I can tell you this. There are a lot of different professions that you may not actually directly need. I mean, that they can be avoided. Now, some people say, like, I'll give you an instance. I know someone who says that they do their own oil changes. Mm-hmm. They say, because we were having this discussion, and she's like, oh, you know, it doesn't take too much effort. You just go to AutoZone or go to whatever, get the oil, pop the hood, pull the oil, pour the oil into the car. Bam, five minutes, it's done. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't do oil changes that, you know, I can probably give you a million and one reasons why we no longer need people who do oil changes for us, but I prefer the people to do my oil changes. And it's not just because of the time it takes for me to do the oil change. And it's not because, you know, I don't get these nails dirty, but the real reason is when, when I go to the Jiffy Lubes or the Valvolines or whatever you want to call it, they do more than just change the oil. You know, they check this, they check that, they make sure this is working, they make sure this is working. They make sure, you know, maybe my tires need to be rotated. I just got my tires rotated a couple of months ago because that's what the Kia, when Kia said it needed to be rotated. So if I try to avoid all these people that some people may consider the middleman, I believe that what you do is you just wind up getting in more trouble. That's really how, how my business is built. When I start working with anyone, you know, as a business consultant, I start with a free consultation. So I just talk about them, talk about their business, talk about what they have going on, what's working, what's not working, what they're doing right, what they can do better. It's absolutely free. Then we move to saying, well, let's get you out here. You know, after I've helped them with their business, maybe their website, maybe, you know, the content, the look, their social media package. But then I'll do an interview with them on Ask Sharif a videocast. Most people who want to do one interview is interested in, you know, multiple shows. Maybe they want to go and be a guest on Vinny's show. Maybe they want to go to Road to Growth and tell people their Road to Growth. I don't know. But let me just say this, Road to Growth. That's what I'm saying. Be a guest on Road to Growth. I don't know how you become a guest on Road to Growth, but I'm sure it's going to appear somehow magically in (laughs) section. But when I go into PR, I tell people, honestly, almost everything I do as far as PR, a person can do it themselves. They can contact the media. They can reach out to them. But if you don't know, you can take a lot of time, spend a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of energy trying to figure out the right person to contact, what to say when I contact them, what to respond, what's the message to go out there, and they don't have that information. So yeah, of course, if you don't want a PR person, if you don't want someone to help you, I can send you at least 10 different Google articles that are DIY PR, right? But 
your the one thing that I think that a lot of business owners do is they try to wear too many hats. And the reason they try to wear those hats is because they feel like, oh, nobody's going to do it the way I'm going to do it. And they feel like I have to do everything myself. Plus, they may not necessarily want to spend the money to get someone to help them to do it the right way. So if they want to take their time and their energy, and I spend a lot of time and energy for my clients getting PR opportunities for them, it's going to take them hours in their day, which they don't typically have anyway. So usually what happens is the people leave and they say, okay, you know what? I'm going to see what I can do. I said, okay, I don't get mad. I don't get upset. I don't go, oh my God, I hate this person or they should have hired me. I go, okay, I understand. And I keep moving. And typically what happens is those same people research it. They look, they see the nuances of even in the writing and communicating to the media and they, they come back and say, okay, yeah, I understand. I could do it myself, but I don't think I want to. Yeah, no, no, it definitely, definitely makes sense. It's, I, I forgot who, who said it, but they were talking about, you could technically make your own shoes, you can make your own clothes. The reason yes. why we buy them is because time over money. Mm -hmm. The time it would take you to make your own shoes or make your own clothes, it just wouldn't be worth it. Mm -hmm. So that's why you, you, you spend those dollars. You could, more than likely, you know, like you said, do your own PR. You know, mm -hmm. you, yet, how much time is it going to take for you to actually understand the, the knowledge base that you accumulated over X amount of years. Mm -hmm. Same thing for, for real estate. You could probably, you know, purchase your own property uh, by yourself. Reality is, is though, there's stuff that, you know, good realtors like myself or, you know, Val or, you know, people on my, my team or whatever, or even just people out there in general have accumulated over time. They understand different stuff with documents, understand different stuff with negotiation and so on and so forth. So you could do any of that stuff. It's just a matter of how much time are you willing to invest in that, in that uh, avenue. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. It's one of the conversations my father and I have all the time. He does not like the fact that I use Postmates so much. You know, he's like, Sharifa, you just should go, go and cook. You can go in there and fix that or fix. I'm like, okay, but somewhere someone went to culinary school. That was their dream. They said, you know what? One day I'm going to cook for the masses. And you know what? I'm allowing that person to fulfill their dream because my dream is to finish work, get finished with all these shows and interviews and PR clients and, and video cast and book sales and book, you know, and actually have a meal as opposed to now I have to go and cook the meal. So I just believe that it, especially now, you know, in Trump's world, that's what I call it in Trump's world and everything that's going on in the economy, we need to look for more opportunities to create jobs, whatever they are. So let's have more realtors, let's, let's have more auto mechanics, let's have more PR people. If that's their job, a way for them to create income and a way for them to feed their families as opposed to, because what people typically do is they look for ways to get rid of what they consider the middle person. And sometimes the middle person has information that if they would have known that information could have either made them a lot of money or save them a lot of money, but they just want to get rid of this person altogether. Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely, I mean, again, politics is, is not my forte. Um, when I say about the middle person, what do you think? Cause what was it a couple years back? I, I haven't been in McDonald's for a little while, but aren't they doing um, computers? They're like computers yes. and orders. Yes. Right, that's a new thing, right? Yes. So, I mean, that's going to be very interesting. Like, for you, if you go, 
I know what you're saying, Vinny. Let me, let me just say this. Yeah. I know what you're saying. A lot of people, you know, talk about the computers at McDonald's the same way when you look at the Twilight Zone where he said one day computers and – well, he didn't say computers. He said robots will replace man. And so a lot of people are saying, you know, these computers that take our orders are, you know, are what is replacing man. And from someone who has been laid off seven times and someone whose background really is the travel industry, my first job out of high school was working for TWA. At 18 years old, I was on an airplane every weekend. I, there's very few places in the United States where I have not visited. I visited everywhere that I wanted to go. No, I haven't been to Idaho. I haven't been to North Dakota, you know, but I've been to New York City. I've been to the, you know, D.C., all the. How do you, how do you rank your top five places? I love D.C. I love New York. That's one? Yeah, they're in the top five. I really oh, love yeah. D.C. Yes. Well, of course it's going to be L.A. L.A. is number one. Yes. Oh, LA, California. Yes. Yeah, LA is definitely one of my bottom ones. No, no, I love LA because I'm, I'm a, I moved to Washington, D.C. in 1995 because I was born in D.C. and I had visited and I was like, oh my God, this place is so wonderful. There's a lot of culture in D.C. There are a lot of politics in, um, you know, in D.C. There are a lot of affluent people. There are a lot of professional people. Almost everyone you meet has some political job or some, you know, government job. So, and they're busy. They're professionals. You know, in California, we tend to like to just kind of hang and lounge. We have, you know, East Coast people and West Coast people are completely different. In the West Coast, there's this got to go. There's this rush. There's this rush. Um, on the East Coast, they also have what they can. On, on the West Coast, we have personal space. On the East Coast, there is no such thing as personal space. On the West Coast, if you get on an elevator and there are one, maybe two people in the elevator, okay, you'll get on. But more than that, the elevator's full, I'll just wait for the next one. Whereas the East Coast, the elevator, if you don't have at least 12 people, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, there's room for one more. 13, 15 people in the elevator because there's, no, there's um, a lack of space. Whereas in California, we're very laid back. We're, you know, we're just kind of chill kind of people. Did, I see your question coming, Ben. No, no. Did you see in the comment section? Val was trying to get us in the gutter. No, I know, but I watched Val. I was coming back to, because we, I went all away from my point initially, which was McDonald's, and I didn't forget it. I'm going to come back to it. But one of the things that I think that is changing, because, you know, in, in different foreign countries, whether it's in Europe or, or Mexico, people take time for their families. They take yeah, siestas, yeah. they take siestas. They, you know, in Malta, the entire country closes down for the summer and people focus on the family. And so here in America, we're just go, go, go. We're, we're you know, business. We're um, all about the almighty dollar. We don't even really take time for lunch. We don't take that time to have leisure time. So I feel that the more computers are able to do more people will create additional businesses and more people will be able to stay at home. That's what I see eventually happening. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, so let's say you're calling, I don't know, an airline or whatever company mm -hmm. and you get an automated, uh, automated um, answering service. Mm -hmm. How do you usually react to that? Do you stay online where it says, please tell me what you're looking for? Mm -hmm. No, I'll push zero. Yeah, I, I go crazy with zero. I, I try it just I try like once, and mm -hmm. then as soon as it's like, 
please repeat. I'm like, oh my gosh, zero, zero, zero. That's what I'll do. I don't, I don't want to talk. I want to talk to a live person, preferably a live person in America. Like that, oh that is preference. That, you know? that, that's a crazy part about it. Like, so, so we do a lot of like uh, uh, defaults and short sales like that. And mm -hmm. so we call these big banks and the people you usually you reach out to are overseas. Yes. There's a language barrier there and there's, it, it's, it's wild. And in some of the places they even have ones locally, like mm -hmm. in the Midwest where there'll be the call centers. Like, so once you get past the ones overseas and you get the call centers here, mm -hmm. and there was a stat that someone was telling me about, like maybe it was like eight months ago that people, uh, the people at McDonald's were making more money than people at that call center. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about your finances for your house that so you're trying to like resolve an issue for maybe behind a payments or something might've happened that those people there are getting paid less money than the person at a fast food restaurant. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's sometimes it can get really deflating, but anyways, going back to, uh, I don't think it's deflating. And I, and I think that's the interesting point, but let me just say this, why this transition is happening is because people are coming closer. And it doesn't seem like it. It may not seem it, but they are actually, the world is coming closer. You think? Like, I know, I know, I know. Let me tell you, have you heard of Fiverr? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use Fiverr all the time. When yeah. I, when I found out about Fiverr years ago, Fiverr completely changed my business. It yeah. changed it in air because I can get anything I need, whether it's a logo, a press release, website content, a new website, uh, a flyer, whatever it is, I can get it for $5. And so why would I pay someone in America $50 or $100 when I can go get a logo for $5 in maybe five hours and I just get it done? The people in the other countries, they appreciate that $5 so much more because when you go to India and some of these countries, maybe these people are used to typically making 50 cents an hour. Yeah. Right. So when you give that same person who's used to making 50 cents an hour, two dollars an hour or five dollars for that project, they're like, oh, my God, I'm excited. But if you were to give that same project or that same work five dollars to someone in America, they they don't even want it. They like, oh, I, you know, and so it's easier for me to work with people who appreciate it in a different country than it is for me to give that same work to someone in this country. However, with that said, I love to speak with people when I call, you know, my companies from the bank to my phone company and have them be Americans because of the language barrier. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. There's some stuff that there is a, um, uh, a similar commonality that you, the language is not going to be a big factor. That, mm -hmm. that makes sense. And so there's, there's uh, probably, I mean, there's the ability for um, for balancing out because over time, the fi as Fiverr gets bigger and the other platforms get bigger, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that might be, it's going to be harder for individuals, like maybe graphic designers or whatever it might be, to mm -hmm. make an honest living because they're competing with uh, individuals overseas that have a lower, lower cost of living. So, right. I mean, that's, I think that's definitely tough and that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to see how the future goes. With regards to that, um, but yeah, I mean, like the communication barrier. What do you like? Have you tried? What is it? Google Translator? You try that? I don't do all that. No, I don't do Google Translator at all. No, I do. Oh, okay. I, I haven't. I haven't tried either, and I heard it's not the greatest right now. 
yet over time, for the regards to the language barrier, that might be something that's going to bring us, give us at least the ability to be closer. But I think what, what is happening is that people in foreign countries and these other countries, they're raised to speak English from a young age. So the focus is on making sure that they speak English. That's what the parents do. Make sure you speak English so that when you get a job or you're looking for work, you can become employable. I have one of the young gentlemen who works with me on one of my companies, and he's a college student. He helps me with a lot. Amazing kid. But he was saying, because I always ask him about his studies and his schoolwork, and he was like, oh, I'm doing good with this. I'm doing good. He was like, I'm just having trouble with my Spanish. And, and I said, you know what? When I was in high school, I went to Spanish too. And I thought it was just like this big joke. You know, I'm like, ah, I don't need Spanish. You know, this is America. And out of all the classes, out of all the college courses, out of everything I learned, the, and this is what I told him, the one thing that I really honestly wish, this is like one of my biggest regrets, not that I can't change it, but I wish I would have taken Spanish more serious as a, as a child. Because one of the ways that people keep you out of different jobs or different projects is by saying you, you have to be bilingual. If you're not bilingual, we're not even going to consider hiring you. And this, this gentleman, he wants to go into film. He's a film producer. And I told him, I said, but you have to understand that when you're on the set, you're going to have a lot of people from the grips to other producers who are going to be working on the set. And, and they may only speak Spanish. You want to make sure you have a complete understanding of what's being said and also be able to understand, you know, everything that's going on. So definitely I told him, go in there, take that Spanish class serious, get an A. If you have to download Rosetta Stone, whatever you have to do, get an understanding of Spanish. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it definitely makes sense. I've, I've studied uh, Spanish for a while. My, my dad's Mexican and you know, my Spanish is horrible. You can ask uh, Val about that, but uh, it's so funny because, and I'm gonna talk about it. When I first got started in the business, you use your name, your given name, and my name's very Hispanic, Vicente Enriquez. Mm -hmm. So I get a lot of people calling me speaking Spanish, and I'd be like, uh, vendas su casa? <laughs> <laughs> so over time, then I just started transitioning over to Vinny. You know, mm -hmm. I made it easier, no one assumed anything, and now most people think I'm Italian, and mm -hmm. a lot of people speak Italian. So it's funny because our, our team name right now is um, uh, Team Vinny SD, and we're actually switching over. So next week, we'll have it probably officially switched over and everything to the, actually the Enriquez group. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be very back to the whole Hispanic thing. And mm -hmm. it'll be interesting once we transition that over, how many more calls we get from people speaking Spanish and asking for properties and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So it'd be nice to actually be able to pick it up uh, yet, not there yet. I mean, it would have been nice, but does anyone on your team, does Val speak? Because Val said, well, no, it's not. So. Yeah, no, Val speaks Spanish. Um, we're looking at possibly bringing out someone else to the team that speaks Spanish. So mm -hmm. over time, we're going to definitely have more people that, that speak Spanish to allow uh, allow opportunities to, as they come about to, mm -hmm. to take, take advantage of them. Yes. But yes. Be, yeah, I've compras. Compras uh, casa, buy house. That's what you're gonna say. That's all you have to say. Oh yeah. So it's gonna. It'll be a couple like very. Um, I'll be like caveman style saying words. Rosetta Stone, Vinny. That's, I mean, you know, I've listened to stuff. Like, no endorsement, no advertising. They haven't sponsored. I don't make any money. But I'm just saying, you could go on your phone and download some kind of 
app that'll help you, you know, if you really want to learn. There probably is. There's probably a lot of apps. I just, it's, uh, I don't think it's a, a full on priority for me. Not yet. But when you notice that you is you got 30 more calls in a day, but all of those people wanted someone to speak Spanish, then you can see those opportunities or those possible deals just going out the door, right, just right out the door. And that's money that's going right out the door. So you, like me, we should have taken that Spanish more seriously. Yeah, that's why I speak Mandarin. Who are you speaking to with Mandarin? My brother speaks Mandarin. Does he really talk? My brother speaks five languages. Wow. Yes. What, what languages? He speaks, he speaks English. Okay. He speaks speak Japanese. He speaks Japanese. Okay. He speaks Mandarin Chinese. He speaks Arabic and he speaks Russian. And so I, I asked, like, are you going to learn how to speak Spanish? He's like, everybody knows how to speak Spanish. So he doesn't want to learn Spanish. So I'm like, okay, but you speak Arabic and Russian. Like, who are you talking to? Who, who's, what Russian is walking down the street to have a, nobody? He don't even know Russian people, but he yeah, just wow, loves. Really impressive guy right there. So he, he know, oh my gosh, that's wild. Yes. So why does he pick those up? What was the back? He, just, he loves language, linguistics. Wow. He's not a, um, you know, everybody thought that he was going to be a translator, like for the government or something like that. He's a computer programmer for Oracle. So he doesn't use it in his, well, technically that's not true. Let me just say that's not true because one, he actually gets more work because he speaks those different languages because he can go to any office that Oracle has. So when he travels, he can go to Japan, he can go wherever and speak to everyone. So it does work as a benefit for him in his position. So here's a hard hitting question. Who's more talented, you or him? It depends on what you define as talent. You know what well, I mean? Different, no, di different personalities. He's more, like certain people are more book smart. Like he, he likes to read, but he's not necessarily worldly. I'm more like natural talent. A lot of things that I do, just they just, hey, it's just me. You know what I mean? I don't have to do all that reading and stuff. So he's just, just naturally talented. So yeah. you're saying that over time, if he, if he puts his mind to it, he can become more talented than you? Talent is a key word, you know what I mean? He, he can come become more intelligent, but he's more, you know, that employee kind of type. He's the tried and true. He's, he's more, you know, I'll tell you this, when we were in school, my, I have my older brother than my younger sister. And so my brother was just all A's, but my brother didn't really have any fun. I was like B and C's, but I, I had fun. And then my sister, she just was all fun. So it's like people say that intelligence kind of, you know, as it went down the line, just kind of diminished. But I could get an A if I want if I want to stay home and not go to the party. So what you're saying is basically you, your brother right here, your your sister down here. No, I can't say that because she has the potential. She has the potential to be here. She just. What's holding her she, back? She she likes she doesn't you know that was a long time ago now. She's a stay-at-home mother. She's a stay-at-home wife. And so she's able to work with the family and keep the family home and happy and fed. Have you, have you seen the, um, the TV show um, Easy? No, I have not heard of it. What is Easy? Um, it's about people's life. It's on, I think, Netflix, I think it is, or Amazon. But um, it's just like a snapshot into people's lives. And so mm -hmm. when you're talking about a stay-at-home uh, mother, Right. So they were saying that because uh, you know how the roles can be reversed. We have a stay-at-home father, compare stay-at-home mother, that 
so in the show, I have no clue. I have no clue if, if, if it's true or not, but they're saying in the show that, um, or one of the episodes, that the, the women find their men less attractive as a stay-at-home father. And so there's a whole dynamic of the show where he's trying to figure out, uh, like, if that's really true and try to get that spark and so on and so forth. It, it's, cause I, it almost seems like we're readjusting. And I, I don't have a family, I don't know, but it seems like we're almost readjusting that we're not just put into a cookie cutter. And so it takes time, I think, almost like maybe next generation, the following generation, where it's, uh, where it's more open, I guess. It can be. I, I believe it's changing, but I wouldn't, me personally, just, just talking about me, I would never have a stay-at-home husband who just stayed at home. That's not nope. me. If he wants, no, that, no, that's not going to happen. Like, if you where I, I'm sorry? You had kids? Are you a kid? No. no. You, you want to be okay with that? No. Oh, okay. No, there is no gray area. There is no mate. No. What I mean is this, not where I was the sole breadwinner. Yeah. Now, if he worked from home, you know, and because he was at home, the kids were able to be there with him, then that would be okay with me. That would be the accept, that would be acceptable for me. I, I don't even have to say that. I mean, I might be the, the main breadwinner. I might be so, the one who earns the majority of the money, but there's no way in the world I would be married to someone and all they did was just sit at home all day. Because what happens is the kids grow up, the kids grow out. So after the kids, then, then what do you do? What are you going to go and do? So you're just, so I'm going to go work and I'm going to earn all this money and you just going to sit at home. And I'm not saying, and what I don't it, care who. What if it, the roles are reversed? What if the woman's staying at home and then the kids go, go off to college or wherever they go? It'd be the same kind of idea, no? But that's for people who, I'm a very sexist person. So you have to take that into account. I'm very, because I still believe in roles. So everyone doesn't believe in roles. I believe in roles. I believe that the man is the hunter and it is in his natural state, his alpha man state from years and years of his DNA, it runs in his blood for him to hunt. If he's not hunting, then what is he doing? He's sitting there waiting for the food to come to him. He's waiting for the woman to bring him the food. Okay, well, I'm not the woman who's going to bring you the food. Like, you're going to have to get up, do something, kill something, create something to, so that we can eat. I'm not going to be the provider. But, so you're saying if he's the provider, he's the provider, that when he gets home, he should have a, a, a big old meal and a back massage ready to go. And a bath. Oh, and a bath. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I mean, whatever he needs, whatever he needs. That's what he, if he's going out and he's he's bringing in the. I don't think women should sit at home also and not do anything unless their husband is really able to provide that. I don't, you know. Go ahead. Oh, I don't know if I talked about on, on the show. I thought it was funny. So my uh, Mexican side, right has very that idea the traditional kind of way like a man does this woman does that and this mm -hmm. was funny i still remember this one time that it was me and my sister we were having a big bowl of rice at my uh grandmother's house mm -hmm. and i'm eating i'm eating the bowl of rice i mean the bowl of rice we both finished me and my sister so we're walking in the kitchen right walking in the kitchen to put it in the kitchen and my grandma goes no no stop 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 she grabs my bowl and gets my sister goes women in the kitchen men out there Mm -hmm. I, I laughed at my sister. My sister ended up punching me later on, mm -hmm. but uh, I thought it was just really, really funny. But that's, yeah, I, yeah, there's, so. 
I believe in roles, Vinny. I believe in roles. That's all I can say. Right, wrong, or different. I believe in roles. But what happens is, even though people may like take the bowl and give it to your sister because her place is in the kitchen. Okay, well, are you doing the other aspect of it? Like, are you going out and getting some wood or doing something that's outside? I was, I was, I was like 12. I wasn't working at that time. I was in a sweatshop. Not yet. No, you didn't have to be working, but what were the, okay, but were you taking out the trash? What were you doing? We were just visiting my grandma. That was it. Okay. See, Good the way she Good gave her... She gave her a role, though. This is my, this is what I'm saying, is that she, and I, you know, we love grandma. Grandma's beautiful and wonderful. But grandma gave your sister a role, but she didn't give you a role. No, so to, to me, the you know, I'm sexist, but I tell people I'm a lot of things, but I'm very fair, you know. And to me, the fair thing would have been to give her, giving her a role and then giving you a role. But she did. She just gave her a role. And I and I and that's why there's an expression. I don't know if you've heard it, Vinny, because it may not, it may be only in the African American community. But one of the things that we say is that we love our sons and we raise our daughters. Mm. Have you ever heard that? No, it well, makes sense. It's out there. And it, it's out there. And so um, yes, I was reading Val's comment. Val said, and if you're the only Mexican son, you're like God. <laughs> okay. See, God provides. And that's, that's my thing. Like, you should be able to go to the male son and say, oh, son, we need you to do this for the family. And the son should go and take care of that. That's, that's what I see. That's what I say. I don't know. Oh, it's six o'clock. That's what, what I was going to say. Huh? I, I, that's why I say I don't know about that, but I did notice it was six o'clock. So I was like, okay, maybe this will be a discussion for another time. We'll, we'll we'll get we'll get into it. Everyone, if you want to get some good stuff, either listen to Asharifa or Road to Growth. If you're mm-hmm. looking for a, a sexist mindset, maybe listen to Asharifa. If you're looking more right. for a quality mindset of that anyone can do whatever they want, maybe listen to Road, Road to Growth. Road to Growth. <laughs> right. So thank you all for tuning in, Reginald, Val, Nathaniel. So many people, thank you for joining us. It's been, a, I told you, it's a very interesting conversation. We covered a few things. We'll cover more. We won't be here next week because our, our co-host, Benny, has some amazing things that he's taken care of, but we will be back the following week. And we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts. Put them in the comments. What would you like us to discuss? What would you like to hear? Thank you all for joining us. And everyone, have a wonderful night. Have a night.